Recorded live. Good evening. It is Monday night, November 21st, 2016. My name is Michael Clark. I'm not afraid to give my name. And we're here once again to talk about the, the only true method of impenetrable asset protection and total asset privacy. Guys, with the STS program, there's no other program out there anywhere. I've, we've got clients in a number of countries now. Nothing that can compare with this. And the reason it compares is, or it's so powerful is because it's not a trust. It's called a specialized trust strategy. But the, the judges are the ones that have, have named it um, officially a Massachusetts trust, a business trust, a true trust, but most importantly, a contract trust or a pure contract trust. This is not a trust, but a private contract that the judges had started calling because of the because of the uh, the way it's put together. They started calling it a a pure contract trust or a contract trust or a constitutional trust or a common law trust. And guys, they're all one and the same. And it's got certain components to it that need to be in place or else it is not all of those things. Specifically, we call it, we refer to it as a contract trust or a pure contract trust. Extremely, extremely powerful. The super wealthy put it together, and it took me about uh, eight years to go through the, uh, yes, the recording is on, and it took me about um, uh, eight years to, to go to just do nothing but hunt case law and find different ones that pertain to this specific trust, okay? Um, I don't know why it just it, yeah, it just now said it, the recording has started because I, uh, from the time I gave my name and the date, uh, I've been tired. That's when I started and it showed the recording was on. So, But anyway, um, tonight Lawrence is going to come on right about now. Are you there, Lawrence? Oops, he's probably waiting for me. To um, find him, Lawrence, are you there? I know you were earlier. Press star eight, Lawrence, and I'll be able to find you then, and I can click on it, and you can, uh, you can. Um, I know you're out there, Lawrence. What guest number are you, or whatever? You just talked to me a minute ago. Let's see. Let me see if I can find him again. Lawrence, press star eight or type in. Um, okay, I'm going to unmute. And then, Lawrence, you tell me where you're at. Oh, I swapped dishes and didn't know it. <clears throat> Lawrence, are you there? Everybody. Is, oh. Number three, you lost connection. Okay. Okay, I'm going to uh, mute again. Where you're at now? I'm going to click on you to let you um, open you up. So when you do gain connection, okay. All right. Well, Lawrence isn't on. Right now, he's lost connection. You can let me know when you're back on. I'll stay focused on guests. I don't know if you'll be a different guest or not. 
uh, guest number. Wait a minute. You said I lost connection. How did you tell me I lost connection? Um, okay. Guys, let's do this here then. Um, we had a um, we had an excellent, excellent um, workshop again. And it, everybody that's been to any of the workshops, of which we have myself and, and in the U.S., we have Bill Tully. We have uh, Bill Tully that talks about estate planning with the uh, program. We have uh, um, Bill Sparkman, who talks about the UCC lien in the U.S. And in Canada, we have um, Lawrence Friesen that talks about the UCC and the PPSA. And we have Ed Gilmore who talks about taxes, okay? And in both U.S. and Canada, most of the time, we will have Dr. Cal Streeter, one of the most prominent in the U.S. He's, he's among the top three, I would say. Uh, guys, uh, doctors that used to be, you know, they are regular doctors, but they got tired of killing people with, with um, they got tired of killing people with chemicals, so they went natural. And now they, they as a matter of fact, Dr. Cal Streeter went to jail for 18 months, federal jail prison in um, Duluth, uh, Wisconsin, Duluth, Minnesota, um, a number of years ago, for curing people of cancer. That's why they went after him. And uh, he's just a marvelous guy to listen to, and he is going to be on the call next next week. Okay, now, what I want to tell you when I finish talking about Cal here in just a second is go ahead, if you have any questions about anything regarding the STS program, because I figured with with, um, with Lawrence, I wouldn't need to um, put any of the questions from the emails together, and that when, what time I had left, I would just have people ask the questions. So if you have any questions at all, just go ahead and type them in, okay? And we will, I will answer your questions as I get them. Or if you're on the phone, press star 8, and... Um, uh, that'll bring your name up, and then I will click you on. And as I said, ask your question and uh, have it have it ready to go, and we will move on from there. Um, let me see what we if anybody's typing. I'm just trying to fill in time here, guys. Uh, hi, Mike. Look at the bottom. Lawrence is on. He'll do, where are you at, Lawrence? Oh, okay. You're number three. Gotcha. Gotcha. Where, there we are. Well, Lawrence, when I click on number three, I get a red circle with a line through it, meaning tells me not available. Look at the bottom. Okay. Uh, okay, I think this is you, Lawrence. Okay, is this you, my friend? Thank you. I, I, I'm on now. Okay, good enough. So, guys, this is Lawrence, and we've become dear friends Thank since uh, as I met with a lot of the people in Canada, and uh, since Lawrence first drove, took the time to drive his group down to Maryville, Indiana. So, Lawrence, uh, it's all yours, my friend, and Lawrence is going to talk about the PPSA. Okay, all yours, Lawrence. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, it's uh, certainly much easier to sit here and listen to Mike in the evening. I've got to click on you again, Lawrence. Hold on a second. There was some background noise. Okay, you're on, Lawrence. Okay. Uh, it's much easier to sit here and listen to Mike and uh, not be nervous and 
and uh, now I'm uh, very nervous having to uh, do this presentation, but uh, we'll go for it uh, and uh, see if we can help uh, here with the PPSA and the UCC-1. The UCC-1 is the background for all, uh, all of the uh, filings, and it is the basis for all of the PPSAs all across Canada. Chapter 9 is your uh, basis for all the legislation in Canada, uh, and so that, uh, that is the background and what you do on one. What you do on the UCC-1, you do on the PPSA. The uh, whole thing about the SDS is we own nothing, and, and back to what Mike has always said, we own nothing but control everything, which is something that the Rockefellers have in their book. But if you also go to the Bible, the Bible commands man to be a good steward of everything. He isn't asking a man to own everything. So if we're stewards, how are we operating and thinking? So when we look at what we do with the SDS, we are living a life as a business. And when you are doing the initial application, you are exchanging all of your assets for trust certificates. Is that correct, Mike? Correct. Am I only exchanging equitable title at that point in time? Am I only Mike? exchanging equitable title at that point in time? Okay, so... We are only exchanging equitable title at that time. Then now you have you are being covered with the STS uh, from that point forward. It's like a life insurance policy that you're signing at the table, and when the agent walks out, you are covered. You have a tentative agreement. Then when Mike sends you the documents, you have the documents, and you go through the documents, and you're going to notarize them. If you will take a note of minute order number one, minute order number one is where you are reconfirming the fact that you are exchanging all of your assets for trust certificates. You are not changing the legal title at this point in time. You're just transferring the equitable title. And so as you fill in the binders and uh, putting in the material, then you are itemizing the different assets that you have going into it. If you're looking at that first uh, one on the minute, uh, A1, which is your uh, property transfer, you are not generally doing it at this time you're only doing the B1, which is your equity in your properties. And so the properties can be anything that you have in properties, and you have also uh, further, you're transferring your business equity. So we're always talking equity as we go through the whole process of filling in your STS documents. As we go through the documents, and we will get to minute order number nine. Minute order number nine is where your LLC comes in. And when you read the uh, 
minute order number nine, we do hereby fund this LLC by transferring the assets owned by the trust to the LLC. So again, we are transferring all of the assets, which is equitable at this time, because you're not changing the legal titles. The title of all of your property is still in your personal name. As you proceed in the second binder and look at minute order number one there as well, it has a very similar statement whereby we are hereby transferring all of the assets from the LLC to trust number two. That is what is giving the trust number two now an equitable position and a beneficial interest in all of your assets. Now, when we go into a PPSA and a UCC1, you have just a few players. There's the debtor, which when you look at an application, it is refers to the debtor and the legal debtor. You have the uh, secured party and you also then have the assets that you are transferring. So if you're following what Mike is suggesting, that we transfer all of the assets, we get it notarized, and then we should be putting a PPSA or a UCC1 onto, our, uh, onto the legal person. And so when I studied the UCC-1, I spent uh, a couple of weeks in California studying with uh, a group in California there on the UCC-1. I don't just take what is written or make assumptions. I use a lot of definitions. And I will be quoting a lot of definitions here this evening so that we know that we're dealing with a fact and definitions and not assumptions because assumptions can be dangerous. Assumptions can be rebutted and then you are in trouble. <clears throat> a secured party means a trustee if a security interest is embodied in a trust indenture. We have a trust indenture when we have an STS. the enforceability against a third party. A statement that a security interest is taken in all of the debtors present and after acquired personal property uh, are enforceable as a security interest in the proceeds. The general determination of priority, when a, if there's ever a contention between who has the right to the property, is the one who has perfected their security interest in the collateral in a determined order of the, of the occurrence of the following. The registration of a financing statement without regard to the date of the attachment of the security interest. In other words, if you have filed your uh, PPSA or UCC-1 prior to any other party registering a claim against 
the debtor, you are in priority position. Now that includes the CRA or the IRS, correct, Lawrence? Correct. Okay, good. That's what we need. And CRA and IRS is unsecured debt. It is no different than a credit card debt. When you're looking at what CRA does or the IRS does, look at what they do for procedure. If you want a someone that is a good teacher on procedure, just follow what CRA is doing or follow what the IRS is doing because they will send you a notice. They will send you a second notice. After the second notice, it becomes a demand. And so there is a procedure in terms of how they will always proceed. So let me break in just a second. Are you um, go ahead? Are you um, on a speakerphone? Uh, I'm just got my uh, speakerphone on my uh, uh, telephone. Okay, you're using a speakerphone now. Yeah. Can you hear the feedback? Yeah, I'm hearing a little feedback. Turn it off for just a minute and see if that. Because sometimes when I do it, I have to turn my speakerphone off. Several people have type have typed in that there there's feedback. Okay, feedback. then I will just. Yeah. Is there feedback now? No, it seems to be gone. Okay. All right. Then then I will go from yeah, there. If anybody has your speakerphone on, please turn it off. It causes, for some reason, it causes um, <clears throat> a feedback. Okay, go ahead, Sorry. my friend. Go ahead. Okay, so who is the debtor? And that is the part that you're filling in. That is usually the first part that you are filling in on a UCC1. You usually have debtor one and debtor two. Who are the debtors? And your debtor determines the status or the capacity in which you are operating in. So when you are filling out a UCC-1 or a PPSA, you are filling in the name and they are always asking you to fill in the name in the upper case. And so that is determining the status of the debtor that is doing the filing. You, I am Lawrence. Lawrence spelt in all lowercase is the man. Lawrence spelt in uppercase L, lowercase and uh, the rest of it is the natural person doing business. When it is styled as Lawrence in all uppercase, that is the straw man. And now I thought I was doing fairly, uh, making myself fairly clear in the Edmonton uh, presentation as to uh, who the straw man was. And a gentleman puts his hand up and says, what is the straw man? A straw man, if you go to the Wizard of Oz, the little old, Jingle of the Wizard of Oz, you have Dorothy from Kansas going along the yellow brick road, and she has the straw man. He's got straw for brains, 
and you have the Tin Man. The Tin Man is your tax identification number, and he's got a hollow head as well. And then you have the Lion, and they go to find out there that uh, when Toto pulls the curtain back, it is just someone there behind the curtains uh, playing. So when they're asking for the straw man, that is the legal person in terms of that is doing the business. That person, when you study the UCC one, is also a transmitting utility. And it also becomes a fixture filing. So when you say a transmitting utility, stop to think of who you are. You are the individual that is putting out all of the effort to generate some resources, wealth, money, income, and all of your assets are titled in the uppercase name, styled in the uppercase name. That is the party that is doing the business. The man cannot own anything, only the legal person can own anything, or it is titled in the legal person's name. When you look at the definition of a corporation in Black's Law Dictionary, it says a corporation is an artificial person, it's a legal entity that has been created, it is dead. It is Lawrence styled in the uppercase that is filing a T1, which is our income tax return in Canada, or I think it's a 1040 in the United States. He is also known as the driver, the patient, the student, and how many credit cards do you have in your pocket? That is all uh, Lawrence styled in the uppercase. And so you are the one that is operating that warrant for doing business. And so it is uh, back in 1862 that the U.S. Congress changed the definition of the word person to mean a corporation. And from then on, in the legal uh, field, a person was always a legal entity. That's in the 37th Congress, Second Session, Chapter 19, Section 68, for any of those that want to look it up and uh, look for the notes on that particular aspect of it. When we look in Canada, or if you have any doubts on that, in terms of styles and on grammar, just take and Google up the U.S. Printing Office Style Manual and you will see it, I think, on page 38. In Canada, we have a civil code where it identifies who the person is. It's in the civil code, section 305, Every legal person has a name which is assigned to it. And when it is constituted, 
and under which it exercises its rights and performs its obligations. So when you are looking at your birth certificate, it's generally styled in the uppercase uh, name, and it is an it. Most people think that the birth certificate is them. Your parents in the hospital filled out a long form, which is most times referred to as long form and the birth registration. From the birth registration, the government created the it, which has a styled, and it sounds like your name, it's Idem Sonus. It looks like your name, it's spelled like yours, but when you were in school, you were taught to spell your name upper and lowercase. But your birth certificate happens to be all uppercase, and if you look at a birth certificate, it was generally created, no, it was always created in the province that you were born or in the state that you were born. So it is a provincial or state document. It was constituted. It didn't have a birth. It isn't living. It is an it. So the it is what is filed as the debtor on a UCC-1 and a PPSA. When we look at uh, ownership, in, uh, in trust law or in title, title is a link between the person who owns the property and the property itself. If you have absolute ownership, it is exclusive title of both the legal title and the equitable title. When we look at uh, legal title, uh, trust law, there are two of them, legal and equitable. In commerce, there is only one. And so equitable title, that is the what we're transferring when we're transferring all of our assets into in exchange for trust certificates. Equitable title is a right in the property. So when you're doing that transfer, the trust certificate gives the trust a right into the property that is held by the debtors, or in this case, the contractors. The beneficial interest of one person whom equity regards as the real owner, although the legal title is vested in another. So the beneficial interest of one person or one trust, the SDS, uh, will have the equitable title, and you, the contractor, still have the legal title. So who's the one that's going to get in trouble? When you have a house, uh, or you go to buy a house, and you're going to the bank to get a loan, the bank is going to take an equitable interest in filing a lien against the legal person. 
They can only, uh, so that a PPSA and a UCC1 is a way to assign the rights of the equitable owner against the legal title of the one that is holding the legal title, which is the debtor. Um, just going through uh, some of my notes, if you happen to have opportunity to go uh, to a seminar that uh, you know, Mike and I had one in Edmonton, we expect to be in uh, Toronto at some point in time and we'll have another one here in Winnipeg. When we are doing a PPSA or a UCC1, you are transferring the title, you are transferring the equitable title and the security interest to the trust and leaving the contractor, you, with only the legal title. So you may have it in name and sometimes the joke is, I bought the house but the uh, bank owns it or I bought the car, but the GMAC owns it. When you buy a car and you're going to go through GMAC, GMAC will put a lien against the legal title of the owner. So you're always going after the legal owner uh, to protect the equity that STS has in it. Who is the creditor in the STS? Uh, environment or when we are filling out the PPSA uh, as a secured party, you are always going to be putting in your trust number two. That is the one that has, that is your banker. That is your GMAC. That is protecting its beneficial interest in the legal title of the contractors. And so when there was some suggestions here that we are going to put a lien onto the trust number one, last week I had a hard time sitting in my Chesterfield here listening um, because the trust number one only had equal, uh, equitable title and it got transferred through the LLC to trust number two. It had no legal title at that point in time. Now, in discussion with Mike uh, after the call, he said, well, so we can do a quit, claim, a quit claim in the United States and transfer the title. Yes, you can. And so in Canada, we can't transfer it to the trust, but we can transfer it to a corporation, being that we aren't using the LLC in Canada for that, we are going to put it into a provincial corporation. So you can transfer the legal title to a corporation and then it would become the debtor. And I would suggest that in the United States, if you're doing a quit claim, you should be doing the quit claim to the LLC instead of the trust number one because your LLC is a registered entity that the 
legal community can see and they can understand. And so that way you keep the trust number one who is the owner of the LLC and the corporation in Canada uh, in the background. An analogy that I've used many times and uh, usually gets the point across is uh, that trust number one is like you in the bedroom and the bathroom. You are in your private territory. When I put on my suit jacket, uh, shirt and tie and suit jacket, that is my public venue in which I go out into the public. When I'm in the public, the private man is still there uh, directing all of the traffic of the LLC and the corporation. And so that, that way you're always keeping the trust private in the background you're using the LLC and the corporations to do your work in the public. And so if you're going to do that, that's usually a step that is taken later on after you've done your initial uh, steps. When you look at the filling out of the paperwork on a UCC-1, an easy PPSA, a Saskatchewan, PPSA and Alberta PPSA or Manitoba or Ontario, the debtors are still all the same. And the format is similar and so that you're going to fill in the name of the person. In the UCC-1, it doesn't ask you for your date of birth, which is good because there is no date of birth of a debtor. It was constituted by legislation. As Hilde had it in the example that she put together last week, she says don't fill in the birth date of it, because in the Canadian PPSAs, they generally ask you for the birth date and now you are consenting and you are volunteering to be the straw man and the surety for it, which I don't want you to do. Leave it blank as Hilde had in her suggestion. And, and so if you can leave it blank, good. If you look at your birth certificate, you always have two dates on your birth certificate. You have your DOB, your date of birth of when you were born, and you always have a date in which the birth certificate was constituted by the government in which it was created. So if they insist on a date for the person, the debtor, I would strongly suggest that you use the date that the birth certificate was constituted, created, and then it is legally correct and the STS uh, will be your trust number two, will always be the secured party. Now, when I first was filing a uh, PPSA in Manitoba, and I think I had tried it once or twice in one of the other provinces. 
they did not like the idea that trust number two uh, was a secured party because it was a uh, unregistered uh, entity and they had no way of finding it in their in their records. So by just adding a small little phrase in front of Mike's collateral, I was able to uh, have them accept the trust number two as a secured party. And it was just a simple little phrase, and I will uh, read it here. And I've given uh, shared it with Mike. The debtors have entered into a private contractual agreement at arm's length with a third party that has been witnessed by a notary. A request, a copy, may be seen to validate the above to a trustee acting for the secured party in writing. Now, the people at the registry office knows that the trust number two is a private contract and it has been notarized. Now they can recognize it. So if you have trouble with filing a UCC1 or a PPSA and you don't put that little phrase in front of it, I'm going to guess they may end up rejecting it. By putting that little phrase in front of it, I'm having 100% success. Lawrence, let so. me just mention, because somebody's brought up on the computer, we will be uh, taking that um, that phrase for Lawrence. I'm putting together a whole, it's about three pages that will come with the trust documents from once I get them set up, and it will include that phrase so that you can uh, uh, put that in when you file for your PPSA. Okay. <clears throat> so when you look at equity, Equity is an intangible. Your legal title is a tangible asset because you can get a document to validate that you have a legal title. You cannot get a document to document that you have equitable title unless you have a CPSA or a UCC1 filed. So another little phrase that I put at the end of what Mike has all equitable security interests in all properties, tangible and intangible, of all classes of persons identified uh, above, deeded to the names of the uh, above debtors, uh, John Henry Doe and Mary Jane Parzan, uh, so that they are, now I've identified that you have tangible and intangible assets, and I have those tangible and intangible uh, assets attached to the debtors. So I have, uh, by this way, I can, I'm quite comfortable in going, going and defending that position in court that, uh, yeah, it might be nice to have a uh, another one on the real estate, but I think this uh, takes care of that as well. And so I inversed virtually have covered all aspects of the filing by being carefully tweaking the wording on the financing statement. Your financing statement doesn't have to be elaborate. Just keep it simple, and uh, we can go from there. So 
uh, if there's any other questions, uh, maybe we can go from uh, questions here right now. I'm not. Uh, I'll have to go back onto the computer here to see if I can uh, catch the uh, questions, or Mike will have to convey them here to me. Yeah, if you want to ask a question to Lawrence on the phone, um, just press star 8. I will catch it, and I'll open you up, and you can talk to Lawrence. So if anybody has any questions on the telephone, or um, Lawrence can go back to his computer. Let me just see if we've got any yet, Lawrence. Um, no. He does, Lawrence uh, just gave you a lot of information in a short period of time. And uh, so let's see. Uh, Lawrence, I can read them to you from the computer. Okay. Um, let me see. I got, we have a couple back here from Laura, Laura Lee. Laura Lee first. It says, um, if we do a currency exchange in our name, then do our trust, what about taxes? I, I can answer that one. But now, we don't do taxes. That will be yours. But if you put the currency exchange, Laura Lee, in your um, – you, you put it in, uh, if it's, you're talking any currencies, you put them in Schedule B-5 of your Trust One document. And taxes are going to be the same. They're going to be capital gains taxes, long-term or short-term. And uh, that will depend on your your province, your state, wherever it is. If you've got dinar and, and the um, revaluation does happen sooner rather than later, it doesn't matter when, but you're going to have. We're all hoping it happens sooner, or most of us. Um, you're going to you're going to just give the dinar, take them to the person that does your your tax professional. Take them to your tax professional. He should know. He'll know what to do, and tell them that your trust one owns the dinar. Okay, it is the legal owner. And now your second part of that question is after our currency exchange, do we put our tax money in the trust? or a separate interest-bearing account? Well, you're going to have to put it in a trust account or in a personal account or in a um, LLC or corporate account, whether you're in U.S. or Canada. My suggestion, what I'm going to do is put it in the trust. The trust is the most um, protected as far as people. Nobody can find out where your trust documents are, what they are, that, and they can never, because nothing's recorded anywhere, they will never have a, uh, uh, a link back to you. Nobody knows that's your, your money in that trust. Mine's all going into the trust that is the most private of all the documents, okay? Uh, trust of your trust one document, rather, that's the most private. It's much more LLCs and corporations are both recorded, and they can go in and look anytime they want to see what's in there. So that was not about the, uh, uh, let's see, Lawrence. And, and so, so we're not really about doing taxes. And then uh, I think uh, all of the intel has been suggesting there that they want everyone to have a trust. And if you don't have one, they will provide a skeleton trust, which is a temporary trust, which uh, is may or may not give you the full protection. We don't think it will give you the full protection that the SDS does. But uh, it won't give you any protection at all, Lawrence. It's a strictly a statutory item that's been approved by the governments for the banks to give to you. Okay. And so they, and they don't want any funds going into personal accounts. They want it all going into a corporate or preferably a trust account. So uh, use your trust account for doing any exchanges. 
Yep, absolutely. Don't put it anywhere except in your trust account. That a corporate account or an LLC account are linked. Um, they can go in and, and I, I can go in and see everything that's in it. Any corporation I look up, it's it's um, um, the uh, what is it? It's the uh, anyway. Same thing with the corporation in Canada. You have to put all the information in. I can go in and see what what the account, what the corporation owns, what it what its value is, et cetera, et cetera. It's the freedom of uh, public information that it allows them to do that. But they can't do it on the trust because the trust is not filed anywhere. It, uh, it works strictly on its own merit, and they can't find out anything about the assets of the trust, who the trustees are, nothing. Okay? So, so when, you're, uh, when Mike does an LLC, he is making the trust number one the single member of that LLC. When we're in Canada and setting up a corporation, we have to set up the corporation first. As soon as a corporation is set up, you do a minute order in your uh, binder saying there that you are purchasing or you have created a corporation. And you will send also a note to the registry office saying there that all shares have been purchased by uh, said entity, you don't tell them it's a uh, private trust, just tell them it's uh, the Wizard of Oz uh, is the uh, owner of all of the shares. You aren't right. telling them uh, a Wizard of Oz trust, you're just telling them that the Wizard of Oz is holding all of the shares. Perfect. Yep. And that's why I said, guys, if you don't get a program started, I'm telling you this for your own good, if you don't get a program started prior to the revaluation. Look for look for accounts to be frozen. Look for levies and liens to be put on on. Um, and you've got to have those your your PPSA or your IRS in place so that you've got priority position. And if you don't do these things, you're going to get yourself in the trick bag. It's just that simple. Okay, let's see, Lawrence. Got some questions for you. Can Lawrence repeat the phrase? Um, yeah. Oh no, that's what I was mentioning. Guest twenty-four. We're gonna we're gonna have it available. Matter of fact, Lawrence, if you can send me that phrase, I'll I'll put it out there for anybody that wants it. Because um, if you're going to be filing liens, which you should, if you've got an STS program, you should have it have a lien filed by now. Um, uh, you can just you can just uh, let me know, and we will get the uh, we'll we'll email it out to you. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, the debtors have entered into a private contractual agreement at the arm's length with a third party who has been witnessed by a notary. Is that correct, Lawrence? Uh, you have that one uh, pretty close, to, uh, right? Uh, I don't have it here in front of me here right now. So, uh, being dyslexic, I have to have it always in in front of me. So, I request a copy. Yeah. Yeah, um, just yeah, just get a copy and uh, and uh, go from there. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe seem to validate the above. The last question to a trustee acting for the secured party in writing. Um, is that correct? Let me read the whole thing to you so you can put it in your mind. The debtors have put into a private contractual agreement at arm's length with a third party who has been witnessed by a notary or request a copy may be seen to validate the above. To 
to a trustee, so in other words, that, that notarized copy will validate the above to a trustee acting for the secured party in writing. Boy, you, you did very good in uh, writing that off uh, for, uh, for memory as to what I said. Okay. Excellent. Good, good, good. Oh, is that it? Is that what you said? Yep. Okay, well, well done, Hildy. Uh, as usual. Oh, I know. If that was Hildy there, I she I sent her a copy. Ha, oh, ha, ha, ha. Okay. I thought I was just dumb there. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. just what got me, Hildy. Okay. Yes, 13. So debtor is you, the contractor, and should be appreci- and should be uppercase, correct? So the debtor uh, is the debtor or the contract is the contractor. Correct. And it should be uppercase. Then they will not let you file it in upper lowercase. So uh, uh, a filing is always in uppercase. And so if you take that as a hint and a clue as to who is the debtor, then take that as a hint and a clue and then don't argue with it. Yeah. Um, It's obvious that that's the government's way of, of pulling you within their venue, within their terrain. Yeah, by putting it in uppercase, correct? Correct. Okay. So, so that uh, the, the uppercase is always the straw man, and he is the uh, one that is always doing. That is your suit. That is your uh, shirt, suit, and tie that you are doing business as in the public. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got 13 again. To protect the equity in a home, a corporation is set up, and transfer of the equity to the corp, uh, therefore no land transfer um, taxes are required, correct? And I think you're still going to... Mm, no, I, I think uh, there is still a land transfer tax. I'm yes. assuming that number 13 is uh, Canadian. Yeah, even if it's equity, you know, though... Yeah, I, you're, cha- you're changing the legal title from the contractor to the corporation, and that constitutes a sale, and and the government wants uh, their slice uh, on that. But if the title doesn't change, if it remains in the contractor's name, uh, and you're only transferring equity, no title is changed with an equity. Correct. So there may not be a transfer tax required, but that would be a good question for Mr. G. Um, uh, if you're just transferring uh, equity, and then there's no uh, no tax on that. Yeah, and that's so you've got to protect your property in Canada. The government just has you by the throat, as do, does the IRS in the U.S. here, and you've got to use every bit that's out there to protect yourselves and to and to use what they've got. Actually, use it against them. Okay. Um, so if you can get at least the equity protected and you're in priority position, which means if you've got a mortgage on the property, the, the mortgage will be first position for its purpose because I promise you the mortgage company has a lien on it already. Yep. Um, but you can jump in right behind them and the rest of the equity or anything in the future will be in priority position. Okay. So, so what you're really doing when you're doing that is you are protecting the banker when you are doing that type of thing from any third-party uh, tortfeasors. Yep. Well, the banker or any any mortgage company, they don't have to. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm thinking CRA. Right, yeah, okay. 
Okay, microphone rubbing. I know. Maybe I enjoy that. Did you ever think of that? (laughs) I appreciate you telling me because I just sit here and my hands move and blah, blah, blah. Okay, guess 13 again. Secured party field. The place what you said, I think they meant that, the, the place that you said on the field above the business name um, before placing trust name there, correct? I'm not sure what you mean by that. I apologize. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm missing that. Uh, the, the trust would be a organization. It is not an individual uh, name, if that's the question. Yeah, okay. Let's see, secured party field. I don't know what a secured party field is. Well, in the field where you're filling it in, uh, which would be uh, 3 or three, 3A or 3B. Uh, it's what you said on the field above business name before placing trust name there, correct. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about a PPSA, and I don't know. I haven't filled one out. I don't know, and I haven't went through Hildy's. So, Lawrence, would you say Hildy's is good to send out for people that are looking for just some type of... Uh, no, Hildy had trust number one as the, as this, uh, as the debtor, and that is where I went uh, lifting out, levitated out of my uh, chair. Okay, so if she changes that to the in, to contractor one or contract and contractor two, then it'll yep. be okay, right? That's right. Okay, did so you that, that Hildy... That, that, uh, the rest of it was correct, and so that uh, the debtor is always uh, contractor one and two, because they that is who the legal uh, titles are in. And yes, we know that trust number one has the equity, but uh, equity has no title uh, or no handle on uh, which it is registered. That was one of the, uh, the uh, nuances that we had to uh, get uh, Mr. Gilmore here to understand there that... Uh, when the uh, equity is a real thing in trust law and uh, that uh, we have a right to it and and so that when you are the absolute owner, you have legal title and uh, equitable title. But I could have the equitable title and Mike could have the legal title. Right. Okay, Um, let's see. Um, Secure party, okay. Setting up the corporation, Ontario, do you not place the owner of the corporation, um, Trust One, and sign the form as Trustee One for the corporation paperwork? Setting up the Ontario corporation, do you not place the owner of the corporate? The owner of the corporation will initially be the um, directors of the corporation. That's on the initial filing, but uh, once you've... uh filed your initial ones there and you got your paperwork back, then you can just send an old note. Usually it's done at the annual uh, uh, filing and renewal, just like on your uh, LLC type of thing, but you want to have it on their registry books sooner because of if you have an issue with CRA or the IRS, then uh, you want to uh, have them notified there that uh, you as the creator of the Corporation is not the owner. You want uh, it. You want a paper trail and record that the trust number one is always the owner and the shareholder in that corporation. Yes, the the directors are considered the owners of the corporation uh, until you know until you notify them otherwise. 
Right, and when you notify them, you do it on a minute order. It'll probably be best a corporate minute order, and you'll be yep. making it out as the director because you're the one that holds the holds the shares right now. So you would fill out a little minute order from the corporation. Just make it on a piece of paper. Put the corporate name if you don't have a company stationery. It's no big deal, and you send that in stating that you will be um, uh, transferring your your um, uh, shares in this corporation for trust certificates. That we, uh, or you can put ten dollars in trust certificates at one hundred trust. Or, uh, in corporate, uh, well, yeah, and then I would suggest uh, notarizing it so that it makes it a legal document. Yep, absolutely. And uh, so we will. There's a couple things. Um, if when you get time, I know we got holidays coming up this month, and and um, we're going to be having um, we're going to be having a corporate party down in um, uh, Cancun. Everybody everybody is invited. No, I'm teasing you. I'm not even going to do that. <laughs> I like somebody will show up, and I know at least who one somebody will be. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, guys, the. Um, that's what you're going to – Lawrence, let's put together, if you would, for me, that thing that Hildy got the, the words for you that you sent to her. Send yeah. that to me, and uh, I'll put together a little note, or a little, uh, just a, a note for with this person's uh, corporate heading on it, stating that as director you will be – and you'd, you'll fill in the blanks when you get your documents – that um, you'll fill in the blanks that you are, are transferring the shares of your um, – your corporation to the trust. So now the trust is the owner, but you, the cor- the contractors, will still be the directors of that corporation. Correct. Correct. Uh, uh, question now, uh, may you may want to ponder, and and I've pondered on that one is, if I want, I don't want to be a director, uh, would uh, if you had a lawyer, if you can trust a lawyer. To be the director, and uh, you are the shareholder. Uh, you use those words if you can trust an attorney. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it's an oxymoron. I know I will be meeting with a, a, an attorney. She's in her mid to late sixties, and uh, she lives in Ontario. And uh, a good promoter of the STS programs, a brilliant guy. He's in his late sixties also, and uh, he's from uh, Logan, Utah. And uh, <clears throat> he introduced me to her, and she said, I am so happy to speak to you. I have read all of a lot of your stuff. I've listened to some of your recorded calls. She says, this is the program that I never had the answer for. I never had the answer to do what this program does, and now I've got a three-year program. So, guys, and she's very happy about that. She will be, I'm, gonna, I'm almost positive, if her schedule permits, we're going to try and have the um, the uh, workshop, and we're going to make it. We're going to include a seminar with it, so you can bring new people with you. That'll be on a Friday night, probably, and the workshop. seminar. And we're going to make it. We're going to include a seminar with it, so you can bring new people with you. That'll be on a Friday night, bro. Wow, what happened there? Uh, I guess somebody had their speakerphone on. No, I, I I tried it again. Oh, it was me. Oh, okay, that was you. Anyway, was um, we're going to have. She wants to come to the next seminar, and she says she's got several people. She says everybody's got to have this program. But she will be our lead attorney. You know, all the attorneys in the U.S. and Canada are just scared to death. 
to, to they want they, a lot of them have the program themselves now, but they don't want to, to even let the other attorneys or anybody know that they've got the program, you know. And um, she will be there, and she has no problem uh, with letting people know that uh, she has this program. She, I asked her, I said, will you be, will you be willing to, uh, now that you know some about it, just be willing to give your view of it? You know, of it. Is it is it something you could support or not? And I said, I don't want you to put yourself in a trick bag. She said, I would love to. So I'm looking forward to have her at the uh, at the at the uh, Ontario seminar. And guys, we have to we should pack that room with what we're going to do. If the people that come to the seminar on Friday, um, if they if they start their program on Friday, we will allow them to come to the. Uh, the workshop on Saturday, and they won't have to, to pay anything different. And um, um, just as just because we we need and want a good, solid attorney, and I think she, I think she said she had been a judge before a magistrate. What do you what is it in Canada? Uh, is it a judge, judge or magistrate? Okay, magistrate. Okay, we got a <clears throat> questions here on PPSA. What collateral classification? Do we use consumer goods, inventory equipment, accounts, or other? I, I've never had to put anything except um, using a gen, general collateral. Huh? You're just using general collateral. I mean, uh, that encompasses everything. Yeah, you're right. And when we fill out our forms with the IRA and the IRA, IRS, um, and they and they always ask, what is, what is this business? What type is it? And we always put. Um, Property management, and uh, so between property management, management, and I like that general collateral, general what? Collateral is that right? Yeah. Okay, general collateral, and um, I think that'll take care of that real well. Okay, I like that general collateral. I hadn't thought about that. Um, let's see. When when registering for the PPSA, what name and address should be used? And should it be uppercase because it looks like it becomes the registering agent uh, when registering the PPSA? What name? Uh, yeah, you would use you would use uppercase, correct, Lawrence? Uh, yep. And and definition of collateral: the property subject to a security interest. Perfect, perfect. But let's put together so I can put it all, all of these things on one or two sheets, Lawrence, and we can send them out to people. And maybe they're asking for one thing, and we can give them that thing plus every, everything else, okay? Um, I've got some that I'll put in there, and, and if you can send me some of those that you have, that'll work just like this here. Um, general collateral and um, what name and address should be used, and we'll have to put an FAQ. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and then for any of them wanting to do any other background, and you know how to use Google a little bit, I'm going to suggest and encourage people to Google up Judge Dale of May 2013, mm -hmm. and uh, then we'll give you a little bit of a background to understanding how you're going to be dealing with the courts yeah. and dealing with who you are and a little bit more background to who I just finished describing as the person. The person is the legal entity. The birth certificate is not you. Until now, you've been led to believe that it is you. But uh, learn to use it as a tool uh, 
for your benefit. Okay, good. Um, another question. When opening um, a new Canada corporation under Articles of Incorporation number 8, I place Trust 1 as the name and signed as Trustee 1. Um, uh, Hello. Uh, well, that, that one isn't going to work in Manitoba, but uh, you, uh, what, what is Box 8? Uh, describe Box 8. Yeah, if you could guess 13, what's Box 8? Um, type just as fast as you can. Um, well, you've had a lot of good questions here, 13. Um, I don't know who you are, but I, I, you're probably something different every week. So, you know what? Guess 13. Why don't you press star 8 on your phone? If you've got a phone that, that's connected with the call tonight, and I will um, click you on, and you can just ask these questions, okay? So just let me know when you've got when you uh, um, when you're on the phone, if you can get on the phone. Let me see. No, can't. You must not have a phone. Okay, we're opening a new Canada corporation. Okay, I'm not sure what, you, what, what number eight is, but we'll get the answer to that, and I'll have it for you next week. Okay, on the call next week. Okay, are there any other questions for Lawrence from anybody except S13? No, guess 13. You can keep adding. You've asked some, asked some great questions tonight. At least so did you. And remember, these calls, they're both for the U.S. and for Canada. Sometimes we're a little more U.S. on a call. Sometimes we're... Okay, Hildy, number eight says... Hold on. Oh, here we got, we got Bridget. In our instructions on filing out, filling out a UCC lien, it says the debtor is our LLC, so... You are saying now that the debtor is. It, see, it used to be the first, the, the contractors, one or one and two. And then I changed, when I thought about it the other day, I didn't get any verification, but it just made sense to me if the, uh, if the um, trust one owned all the assets, that's who we should put the lien on. And then Lawrence, in his, uh, um, in everything he's put together and learned, found all this information that he shared for you tonight. And that's why he earns the big bucks. And um, but but Lawrence really learns things, and uh, uh, when he goes after something, he's like a pit bull, you know, not like a Doberman. And uh, okay, number eight says first and last names of authorized individuals, relationship, phone number, email address, date, and sign. Um, so it's just the basic information. Um, but the question was. Um, what was the question? When opening a new Canada corporation under Article of Incorporation, uh, number eight, I place Trust One as the name of the sign name and Trust One as the name and sign as trustee. Um, uh, you know, so that would uh, be right. Uh, so are you saying that Trust Number One is the incorporator? That's what they're, it looks to me like that's what they're saying. When opening... Then, then, then that, uh, a trust cannot be an incorporator, if that is the question. That's right. I remember that now. Yes, no, you fill it out. You put your name, comma, um, or just your name. Your, your name, comma, director, because you're going to first be the director of the new corporation. And then after it's all set up and you've got all your paperwork back, at that point you're going to fill out a minute order and... Um, 
turn it back into him saying that you, as the director, you, an individual, as the director, is hereby um, exchanging your trust, um, or you know, your um, uh, shares for trust certificates, and and the name of the uh, two trust number or whatever or trust name, whatever your trust name would be. But you sign as the uh, director, right, Lawrence? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Then in Manitoba here, we tried to sign as uh, as a director, and we tried to sign as trustee and uh, sign as beneficiary, because when you're signing your name blank with no qualifications behind it, you are taking full liability of whatever you're signing your name to. Right. We tried every which way under the sun to uh, be the incorporator with uh, a, a designation and. Uh, You'd have they to be want, incorporator, comma, director in, in a Canadian corporation. Yeah, so yeah, they just want your signature as as an open signature. It's, it's a bone to pick I have here with them, but that, I couldn't get around that one. So. Hildy said, it's hubby and myself, directors. Then send letter via snail mail that shares are owned, that you're giving, really, Hildy, that or other people in there, you might have, that shares are being transferred and will be owned by Trust One. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't. Uh, transfer. Uh, I wouldn't use the word transfer. That the uh, shares have been bought or uh, sold and bought by uh, Wizard of Oz, whatever your trust uh, happens to be, uh, and we're don't. Uh, you wouldn't have to say they're bought. You can put exchange for trust certificates. It's valid consideration. Uh, well, but if you put trust certificates on it, then uh, then they want to know who the uh, trustees and everything else are in it. Just yeah, leave it open. Just leave it uh, to the name. Yeah, just back to the trust name, right? Yeah, just uh, just leave and keep it simple. And uh, that uh, you bought the trust uh, and the shares have been sold to. Uh, cow jumped over the moon. Uh, for a hundred dollars and and consideration. Yep, Hildy said where they they uh, shares are owned by Trust One. She said registry accepted it. Yep. Okay. What happened to all of Guest Thirteen's questions? Has he been? I didn't block him. I promise you that. I love this question. I love the questions. Um, then called Hildy. Then called us to come in to verify was stamped and notarized by her probably and you're talking about the person at the uh, registry office i guess no i don't know i guess 13 and i asked him the question if he would just answer and i never got an answer from it so um okay okay is there anything else tonight we're running out of time quickly we've got about six minutes left is there anybody else that has any questions whatsoever Northwest Illinois, Verva, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Oops. Hello. Hello. Hello there. Yes, I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Good. Um, I know how to buy a car, but I'm not sure what to do with it after I buy it. I know okay. that I buy it, not the other, but then I have to transfer it, and I don't remember how. Well, no, I no, do. no, no, no. You don't transfer it. We don't want that. We don't want a vehicle in either the, in either the trust, the corporation, or the or the uh, LLC. You buy it in your name, 
and then uh-huh. you go to um, vehicle uh, um, vehicle lien in your trust uh, booklet, or or you can get it online, and you take that to the DMV, and it shows that your trust number one has a has a lien on whatever the value of your car is. Okay, but you don't okay. transfer into the trust or the LLC. Neither one. Yeah, but it was the other thing. So I I just I do it through the they'll go to um go to um um schedule yeah, well, go to schedule B three vehicle transfer and you put in the name, the year make and model and VIN of your vehicle and um my my signature's on it. You put in an amount you want for the lien to be, whatever the value of your car is, and um take it down to the DMV and hand it to them and say, I'd like, you know, here, I'm doing this for my, for the um, um, trustee of my trust, and they have a lien on my vehicle. And they will take the lien from you, or they'll take the, the yeah, the vehicle lien, and they will send it off. It will come back with your trust one as a lien holder for X number of dollars. Okay? And uh, in the Canadian uh, PPSA, there's a separate page for... Uh vehicles, uh, anything with uh, registration numbers and vehicles, so it's very easy to do on the Canadian PPSA as well. Just use making uh, an amendment if you're changing vehicles and uh, make an amendment and take the page uh, that is associated with that. Okay, good. Good, good. Okay, will you please repeat that? Trust one is the holder of the value, is that? No, go, go to your trust later or tomorrow and look at um, um, schedule B3, vehicle okay. lien. And you'll see every, it's very simple. You just put in the, the year, make, and model and the VIN number of your, uh, or the VIN of your vehicle, your new vehicle, and take it, fill that out, and take it down to the DMV. Okay. And have okay, very simple. Okay. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Another one more question here. When first registering for the PPSA, we use our name to open the account and use our name for payment using our credit card. That's correct. You're the one that is is starting the corporation. Uh-huh. When, when first registering for the PPSA, we use our name to open. Well, Lawrence, would they use their name or their name, comma, trust, trustee? Trustee. Okay, yeah, you make sure you put your designation behind that. And if you're you're filling it out for um for trust two, that's who files the PPSA, you would put your name, comma, trustee. Okay. The, the only time you want to uh sign an open signature is on the back of a check or or to your loved one. So uh otherwise you always want to put a designation behind your name. Uh, manager or trustee, I prefer manager and, and you put MGR and uh, that you're always a manager. You are always acting on behalf. Okay. Yes, 34 says, did you talk about liens yet? We've been talking about liens for an hour and a half, giving you a lot of the, uh, lot of the um, uh, particulars behind what, what creates the lien and what gives it its power, the different names, the um, uppercase, lowercase, filing the lien itself, and, and we, we answered all the questions on that. 
uh, what you fill out where. Finding the lien itself is the simple part. We want you also to know, as we do with everything with the SDS, we don't want our clients to go off um, half knowing about something. We want to make sure they know what's behind it. And you probably won't won't understand it based on on what we talked tonight, hearing it for the first time. You're going to have to listen to it a couple different times. And if you have any specific questions, guess 34, about about a lien specific, um, type it in there. We'll answer it for you. We're just a bit. The UCC1 filing and the PPSA is the lien. Yep. Now those are the liens, okay? And those we've been talking about for an hour and a half. But uh, if you have any questions, guess 34 or anybody else, you can send them to myself, and I will forward them on. I don't, I don't want to just put Lawrence out there, but you can send them to myself, and I will get them on to Lawrence. If I don't have the answer, if I do have the answer, um, I will I will get it right back to you, okay? Bridget, if we have these liens with us as debtors and we die, can the kids do the UCC3 in their name to release it if they are successor trustees? Yeah, yep. we, can, we can do that. I mean, you've got your your successor trustees appointed. I'm a trustee. I can set them up so that they can. Uh, we'll we'll file whatever lien they need from trust too. Okay. Sorry, I just came on for a few minutes. Oh, that's okay. And uh, I kind of figured that might be the case, but but you can listen to this recorded call as of I think maybe tomorrow or maybe the day after. I don't. Sometimes they get the recordings on on. The, Talks you box faster than other things, but um, the whole the whole call was. Uh, and don't be sorry, I know what that's like. Um, we uh, we recorded the whole hour and a half on the liens, and uh, so you can go back and listen to it anytime. Just go to our talk shoe talk shoe um, place um, site and um, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see tonight's call. Okay. So, guys, we're at 9.31. I appreciate everybody taking the time to come on. Now, let me tell you about next week before anybody leaves. Um, next week, I'm going to have Dr. Cal on. He's he's going to talk to you. He, the man has cured people of more things that people, other doctors have said were not curable than anybody I know personally. And he's going to talk about the seven things you need to do to, to cure cancer. And I've talked to so many people that he's cured them of cancer. And that's why he spent 18 months in jail because he cured people of cancer and the government and the and the uh, MP um, no, pharmaceutical companies they didn't like that. Okay, so anyway, here we've got a couple more questions. Yeah, he is awesome. After only one week, I'm glad to hear you're doing better, Hilly. We've got many Canadians. We even have some that drove down to his place in Shipshawana, Indiana. Yes, 36. My home is in foreclosure. The bank got a Summary judgment back in 2012. I quit claim the house into a Michigan trust, and they are coming after it. Yeah, if they got that that summary judgment before you started your program, um, there's really and I tell people about that all the time. There's nothing you can do about it. nothing we can do about that. You're, you're going to be butting your head up against the brick wall. Thanks, Lawrence. Awesome. Okay, and thank you, Michael. Thank you. I appreciate that. Guess 35. Can this program protect my home? Absolutely, depending, you know, unless you're also in a summary judgment situation or anything like that or you're already in a bankruptcy, uh, then we can't, okay? And that's why the smart, 
And I'm, I, I haven't been that for a long time, just the last 20 years that I started learning how the super wealthy protect themselves. Um, guys, yeah. you've, got, you've got friends, and you, you've got to get them into the program long before anything happens, okay? Sometimes if, if you get in early enough, you know, again, I'll use GLGI. You've got the judgment against you, but they haven't put any liens on your stuff yet, I'm hoping. If they haven't, you can still protect yourself. My email, oh, yes, sir. And if I can make a comment on uh, regarding CRA, CRA likely no different than uh, the IRS. When they do a notice uh, of reassessment and they're objecting to your filing, as long as it's in dispute, there is no judgment. And so you are entitled to do whatever you want to do to protect yourself. CRA likes to think that uh, that is already a judgment just because it's under review. Just because it's under review is not a judgment until there is a uh, definite order given by a judge or a panel. Then uh, only at that time uh, you are not allowed to transfer any assets. So up until that time, uh, exercise your right. Hey guys, let me tell you. Um, um, we're going to tell you. <laughs> oh, GLGI. If I was a GLGI we can we can probably help a large percentage of them. There may be some with other ones in, in that situation that we can't. But but if I was under the scrutiny of the GLGI situation, I would have this program in a heartbeat. Um, you got nothing to lose, a few dollars. That's all. But if you keep going where you're going and you end up having to pay attorneys, and and you're still going to get a judgment against you for a lot of money, a lot a lot more than there than the STS program. And for the rest of your life, you'll have the STS program to protect you against any further problems like those of GLGI. I, I'm just dumbfounded. I, I've heard the numbers of how many people are in are in the GL or in the GLGI program, and I just um, I just can't uh, um, believe that. You know. So anyway. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for coming on board tonight. God bless each and everyone. Lawrence, thank you so much for giving your time. You're welcome. Help everybody. And uh, next week, we are going to have Dr. Cal Streeter here. Don't miss it. Um, I know it's not asset protection, but like Cal always tells people, um, what good is having a lot of money if you can't get out of bed, if you can't enjoy yourself and enjoy the funds that God has blessed you with. So, um, Anyway, uh, thank you, everybody. Good night, Mom and Dad, and we will see you next week. Same time, same station. Have a wonderful week to all of everybody in the U.S. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Good night.